Look, I understand he's caused a lot of damage over the over the year over the half of the year he's been living in this building, but it's not my fault. He just kind of came out of nowhere. Look, I know he damaged your car. Look, I know he threatened to kill Mrs. Lakovich's dog. Like, I get it. Like, you think I like dealing with this as much as you do? Angus, come here. What? I am in the middle of my bone bath. What are you doing? Mr. Radmanovich is seriously kicking us out. I don't know what you did to him to get him angry, but you really peeved him off this time. Well... It might have been the fact that I got into an argument with one of his staff over at the building next door. I might have dysfunctioned one of his washing machines because it did not get rid of the stains in my cloak. How do you dysfunction one of the... Uh, I don't even want to know. Seriously, Angus, he's thinking about kicking us out. Perfect. We need a new place to live. I do not like these quarters. You deserve nicer, Dr. Jeremiah. Seriously, do you know how hard it is to find an apartment during this time period and how expensive things are nowadays? Dr. Jeremiah, relax. You are a Ivy League professor, and I am now a district manager. We will be fine. Don't worry. All right, I'm not an Ivy League professor. I work at a community college. I wish it was at an Ivy League school. Listen, Dr. Cage told me of the amounts of money that you make. Trust me, we will be fine. You are rich beyond measures. I'm not even getting into uh, whatever he said. Doctor, you must learn to relax. Control your emotions. Maybe we need to go to the farm and do some more yoga. I'm sorry I can't be calm and relaxing when I'm dealing with the possibility of being homeless. Doctor, you will not be homeless. We are going to find a new place to live. So what if we have to live in a dumpster for a couple of days? At least the nice little doors will keep us nice and dry. And of course, there'll be little woodland creatures that we may pet, make friends, and then devour their carcasses right when they are least expecting it. Oh, uh, uh, happy thoughts, happy thoughts, happy thoughts. Happy, happy, happy thoughts. I don't know how this situation can get any worse. <sighs> Hang on, I gotta go to the door, Angus. I'll be right back. Hello, my name is Clara. Would you like to buy some Girl Scout cookies for my troop to go to Africa and help out the poor and unfortunate? Do you have any Thin Mints? Yes, that will be five dollars. You shall leave this premise at once. You and your Girl Scouts are an evil organization bent on creating doom and destruction for our realm. I hereby banish you to the infernal realm. No, Angus, don't do that. Don't do <laughs> Sorry, little girl. Here you go. Have a good day. Angus, don't banish your Girl Scout to the infernal realm. Dr. Jeremiah, I will do as I please. This is not your apartment. This is mine now that I pay more in rent. I am not even getting into the argument about the whole who pays more rent. We pay equal. God dang it. No, Dr. Jeremiah. We will talk about this once and for all. Last time, you only gave me $100 and I covered the rest of your rent. Let me tell you something, you cheapskate. I am sick of this. I can find other living arrangements quite as easily. 
but realize that you need me. You need me as a co-host for your podcast. I am what's making this interesting. Angus, the reason why I only gave you $100 in my rent was because I have to take some of my money to fix the washing machine you sent to the infernal realm. I have to fix Mrs. Jenkins' door. I had to pay the vet bills for poor Bobby Joe's dog. You tried to eat! That Pomeranian's leg was delicious. It didn't have that much meat on it, but the bones were savory. Dr. Jeremiah, I believe in taking care of all of our creatures, but sometimes even creatures have dark personalities, and they need to be taken care of quite quickly. You ate Bobby Joe's dog in front of him. You know how messed up that is? I thought Bobby Joe was the dog. Anyway, Dr. Jeremiah, the dog was delicious. It was an evil dog. You cannot trust that Pomeranian. They are a haughty breed. The dog's name was Commander Barkers. I don't know how evil that dog could be. I don't know how this day can get any more annoying. <laughs> how do you do, Dr. P.F. Jeremiah? How can I help you? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, that's terrible. Like, no, I completely understand. Like, we'll do our best to try and reschedule. I hope everything's okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, no, completely understand. Like, you have yourself a good day. Hope everything's all well. What was that? That was, that was Jeff, our current guest. He canceled on us at the last minute. Not to worry, Dr. Jeremiah. We have plenty of reoccurring guests that we can invite on. Where's G-Venger? You sent him to Siberia for his next test, remember? Oh, yeah. He needed to man up a little bit. Oh, I have an idea. We can invite lovely Martha back on the show. I'm sure she would be gracious enough to do that for you. Um, um, yeah, um, Martha's on a farm right now. Um, uh, she's going to be helping taking care of, like, animals and, like, all sorts of stuff on the farm. It's a happy farm, you know, very peaceful and tranquil with so many cows and horses. Dr. Jeremiah, we can go and get her from this farm. Angus, Martha's going to be at this farm for a little while. From what I remember, it was about uh, five to seven, uh, three and a half with good behavior. Dr. Jeremiah, I can acquire her that week's worth of work in a matter of minutes. Give me time. But this is Angus, this is years, and like like I said, this this is some this is a farm where you really don't want to get people out of until their time is taken care of. Fine, she's on her own. What about Bobbert? Is he free? Doubtful. I heard Natalia has been working him to death. Apparently, he can't hold a position. I was thinking of hiring him as one of my henchmen for the security that we need at Tajay. Well, not a bad idea. I mean, at least you can, you know, keep him under control. Ah, I've got the perfect guest that we need. Dr. Ezekiel Cage. I shall give him a nope. call right now. Nope, 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 nope. Why not? Uh, I mean, uh, 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 oh, I'm sorry. Uh, he's very busy right now. He's he's in Africa right now donating millions of dollars in sneakers to many countless tribes that are down there. And, you know, God, his philanthropy just knows no bounds. Ugh. Well, if it's just you and me, Doctor. What, what about Natalia? I feel like... Absolutely not. I'd rather her stay where she is. She has her child to take care of, Doctor. Yeah, and she's also busy because she's doing... She's, she's writing her dissertation now. She needs all the time she can get. Especially for that Disney park that she wants to go to. 
Yeah, she does love her Disney. Although I did make sure to steal the cookies off her desk undetected this time. Um, you're really just trying to start drama with her, aren't you? Maybe. gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to another episode of the Dr. P.F. Jeremiah and his Infernal Roommate podcast. I am your host, Dr. P.F. Jeremiah. Aloha, mortals. I am your humble roommate, skeleton, and just a death hand. You are all learned to fear me. You are all learned to bow to me. You are all learned to tremble beneath the toes. That are nothing more than bone and no flesh. And I will tell you this, I will secretly infiltrate any facility to acquire the cookies that came from that Disneyland. And I will make sure to eat them with sweetness, courage, and above all, with strawberry milk. Oh wow. Strawberry milk. Angus is living on the wild side, I see. Strawberry milk is delicious. You and your chocolate milk. You people are a disgrace, needing chocolate for everything. At least my version is healthier, fruitier, and savory. Sure. Strawberry milk is healthier for you. I make mine with the finest of strawberries. Okay, yeah. In this episode... Myself and Angus will be covering the 1999 animated feature, The Iron Giant. Ah, yes. Shall we continue on with watching the film and suffer without our friend Jeffrey here at our side? Yeah, why not? It's been a while since I've seen this movie, so it'd be nice to rewatch this and now kind of give my perspective as a film reviewer. And here we go. When a small boy discovers an intergalactic robot in his small town. It is up to him to hide him from the U.S. government, try to figure out what he's doing on our planet and what are his intentions with us Earthlings. So grab yourself a milkshake and let's get sock hopping. Myself and Angus are reviewing The Iron Giant. The Iron Giant stars Eli Marenthal, Jennifer Aniston, Harry Connick Jr., Christopher McDonald, and Vin Diesel. And I must say, this was an interesting film. Dr. Jeremiah, I have researched your Cold War. It lasted for 40 years? Why? And I heard there was not even really any gunfights, any violence. It was literally just two countries going at each other's throats verbally, mentally. And there was nothing more well, than petty competitions, like getting out into space. Well, that and also... The threat of atomic warheads being dropped on our country was kind of more of the uh, real intimidating factor of the Cold War. Listen, every country needs to be able to arm themselves to victory. What would happen if your United States was to go on a power trip? You know, Angus, I do agree with you on that. But as time passes, we've at least reached a common ground with all the other countries in the world where we can peacefully coexist with one another. Until the next war happens that I will cause. 
Uh, am I going to be on the wrong side of history? Dr. Jeremiah, you are working your way to one of my finest commanders yet. All right, at least I'm a commander. And of course, this all begins in the year of 1957 in the town of Rockwell, Maine, where this meteor comes crashing in, and you see that out of that meteor comes the giant... And then we get into the scene where we meet Mr. Hogarth Hughes, wanting a pet, wanting a friend to bring him home, to give him warm and comfort. And his mom being a very traditional parent telling him that he can't have that pet, because he's not responsible enough to take care of him. Why, Dr. Jeremiah, if I were that mother, I would have told him he would have been allowed to have that pet. Teach the boy responsibility. But what does that mother know of teaching boy's responsibility well angus technically mothers know best for their children ah yes of course i understand mothers do seem to always know your best interests but i don't know about this mother she seems to be very clueless of what's going on in this child life he made friends with robots got into fights with the military and was she ever paying attention at all i don't believe she was doctor Well, Angus, she is a single parent. She has to not only take care of her son, but she also has to be the main breadwinner for her child. So I think we can forgive her for, you know, Hogarth bringing random squirrels and finding intergalactic robots that possibly want to rule the world. So our brave boy Hogarth discovers something weird going on at the electrical substation. And with his uh, bomber, with his fighter pilot helmet and his BB gun, which... I don't think would help him out in this situation that he's going into, but hey, you know, he's a kid. I'll cut him some slack. Dr. Jeremiah, sometimes it's all about having that look of intimidation. It's all about striking fear into the hearts of your enemy. And if you just happen to have something that can make your weaponry look fierce, then you go for it. Because sometimes that might save your life in a form of combat. While, yes, I do agree with you, weaponry can be a form of intimidation. When you have a BB gun and you're going up against a 100-foot-tall robot, I don't think it's going to do very well. The robots might not know what that gun could do. For all the robot knew, it could have launched giant laser beams that could have destroyed it instantly. The robot doesn't know. This is the first time that the robot has been to this planet. Uh, yeah, you say potato, I say potato. I am craving... That BB gun- I am craving tomato, not potato. Alright, fine. I'll take it to the grocery store and we'll get some tomatoes after the podcast. Perfect. Hogarth discovers the gigantic robot, but also finds out that it has a digestive system and can eat metal. Which, very weird, but hey. Alien robot. Which I am a very big fan of. In my realm, and in most realms, druids are very anti-metal. We hate it. We loathe it. We hate its existence. That's why we use wooden objects to achieve victory. Forces of Mother Nature not made by man-made materials is what leads you to a true victory. Angus does not... Dr. Jeremiah, what do you think you're doing? Nothing, nothing, nothing. I'm just writing a grocery list for when we go to the store. Why does it say Angus does not like metal on it? 
No, 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 that's not Angus doesn't like metal. It's Angus does not like mutal. It's a German word. Dr. Jeremiah, I do not know what this mutal means, but I will look it up on my fancy magical... We'll do that later. We'll do do that later, Angus. We gotta talk about, like, how the Iron Giant got caught up in some electrical wire and was being electrocuted. Ah, mutal. I have finally looked it up. Apparently, these are commanders of metal. So it apparently you are trying to form an alliance of metal users to against me. No, I, I mean I'm I'm I was thinking about joining. I was thinking about starting a metal band. Ah, a metal band. May I join your band made of metal? May I play the wooden cello? Like Apocalyptica is a metal band with cello players. Yeah, that could work. Fine. So then, of course, our friend meets Hogarth, but then soonly after gets caught up in electrical wiring at this substation. I do not understand how this Iron Giant could be such a klutz. I mean, he's been on our planet for probably about a day and a half now, and he's still trying to figure out our planet and what it's made out of, so... and. I can only imagine, you know, seeing a tiny Hogarth kind of startled him for a little bit, and he slipped up, and he got caught up in a, he got caught up in electrical wire and was getting electrocuted. Well, thankfully, Hogarth was nice enough to save this poor soul. Otherwise, he would have been barbecued to death. Would have helped him out with that future enemy that we are having, though. Probably would have saved us the whole movie of bloodshed and violence caused by you humans. Yeah, we're... We're not really a very... We can be very evil from time to time. After running into him in the woods again, and Hogarth taking him home to hide in the barn, the Iron Giant discovers train tracks and was feeling a bit famished. Needed a bit of a snack, so he was snacking on the, the the metal railroad tracks. And unfortunately, after doing that, a train comes by, and Hogarth, in a deep, terrified panic, tries to get the tells the giant to fix the train tracks so the train can get by but the giant was successful and unsuccessful he got the tracks together but was too late he got hit by the train and caused the train to derail and the giant basically was split up into a million pieces and then after that we realized the iron giant has a tracking device for in situations when any of his parts get away from him, he can just bring them back to wherever he is and rebuild himself. And in the meantime, while he's regenerating at his mother's place, government investigator comes to the house, a Mr. Kent Marsley. He suspects that this robot ended up here at the house after talking with numerous people. But fortunately and unfortunately, the government official gets very suspicious of Hogarth, thinks that he is hiding the robot. But he does eventually go away after a certain point. Yes, after using after using the Hughes' phones to call his higher-ups about what was going on here. And his boss, not really believing that a 100-foot-tall robot was in this quaint main town, and told him that if you can get physical evidence that there is a 100-foot-tall giant robot, then we'll actually send some stuff to help out. And then after the zany ordeal of trying to hide a gigantic arm, robot hand, from not only his mom, but the United States government that was trying to prove that the Iron Giant existed, we now get a little quaint moment where Hogarth introduces the giant to comic books. Uh, comic books. Doctor, I do not understand the point of these comic books. 
why do you need these illustrations, these designs just to tell a story why not to use just words and let a child build their own imagination why draw it out for them well that is very true you could just have words in the child's imagination to make stuff up that's what regular books are but comics are fascinating because not only do they add words they add animation and illustration to the words and you can actually put a picture to what is going on with the author and what they're trying to get at then i know exactly what i must do What's that, Angus? Hold on. Hold on. Here. What are you doing? Here. Oh, you made a little comic about me and you. It's just like, why are you, why are you beating me with the, uh, why are you striking me with lightning? Why are you doing this? I was told to unleash my feelings in illustration. That's what I was doing. You, you have a dog peeing on me? It was Commander Barker's. I was trying to bring him back in illustration after he unfortunately passed away. After you ate him? We don't need to tell people that. And so Commander Barkers is exacting his revenge by peeing on me? Yes. I don't know where to go from here. I'm very confused. Well then, let us continue on with our plot. After being under surveillance by this investigator... Hogarth decides that he needs to hide the Iron Giant, and where does he go? He brings the giant to the junkyard, owned by Dean, who we meet in the beginning of the film. Dean is an artist. He takes metal, and he turns it into arts and crafts. So he takes the giant there, and the giant is using this place to feast upon metal. Thankfully, he's doing a media service. I mean, out of all the places you can hide him... What better place than a junkyard? Basically, Hogarth took uh, the Iron Giant to basically an all-you-can-eat metal buffet. Exactly. And then over the time, Dean, Hogarth, and the Giants, they all become quite nearly brotherly. They all have a respect for one another. The Giants' curiosity and Dean and Hogarth teaching the Giant things about Earth. It was quite fascinating. And then there was this really touching moment between Dean and Hogarth where Hogarth was bit talking to Dean about like stuff that's been going on in school and talking about like trying to fit in and Dean dropped this line that was very pivotal and like is one of those lines that you just sticks with you where he tells Hogarth is that you need to stop worrying about what other people think of you and he told him that you are who you choose to be which was this just really hit me in a really strong, strong way because it's just kind of he's basically saying like, hey, you can't let people dictate who you can become. That's really all up to you. Exactly, doctor. You need to understand that you do not need to be bullied by people. You are your own individual. You do not let people just go and bully you. Say mean things about you, draw cartoons about you, you stand up for yourself, and you have the confidence that you need. And if I ever catch anyone bullying you, I will have my vengeance upon them. What about what you do? I am looking out for your best interests, Doctor. Say by bullying me? I would never dream of bullying you. I would only dream of making sure that you are taken care of, Doctor. 
you really have a very, very bizarre way of showing how much you care about me. Doctor, this is what we have back in my home realm. Back in the Infernal Plains, we use this as a form of love, appreciation, by building character into each other. Angus, the way you're talking and the way the way you just described that, it kind of sounds like what an abusive boyfriend tells his girlfriend when he's trying to get back together with her. Listen, Dr. Jeremiah, I am not trying to get back together with you. I am trying to build you, build yourself and your podcast. Thank you? You're very welcome, Doctor. And now that we have built you up, Doctor, we need to discuss the importance of death. Especially when Hogarth and the giant were going on their excursions and they found a poor defenseless deer just being targeted by hunters. And after they turned away, the deer had died. And the giant had to learn the very importance of the evils of your weaponry. And in a sad, tragic event, the Iron Giant realizes that the deer that he was just that he just seen and was having this beautiful moment with unfortunately died by hunters. Not knowing what is going on and what happened to this poor deer, Hogarth explains to the Iron Giant what happens to creatures when they die and really handles it very gracefully and very, very intellectually. And for a small boy his age, was talking to it better than some adults do nowadays. Dr. Jeremiah, I am confused. Do children not know the meaning of death on your realm? Why, we were sending our children into battle at the ages of five and six. Tell me, why would you wait so long to explain the concept of death to your children? It's not that we don't like explaining it to them. It's more that we just kind of sugarcoat it to, so that we don't really upset them anymore. It, like some adult, some adults really just explain to death that this like is very childish in a way because they don't think they'll be able to understand it. And I think if you just kind, I think if you just explain to children what happens when you die and like, it's you might have some uncomfortable feelings, but like, I feel like in the long run it would be better for them to just kind of tell them what is gen what really will happen when you die you humans you are so soft in your realm you are utterly disappointing uh unfortunately i try i normally try to disagree with you on a lot of stuff but yeah i do agree with you on that we are very soft and then after hogarth returns home when mansley discovers evidence of the giant he's mm, mansley was working in your laboratory system, trying to develop photos, and he finds one of Hogarth and the giant. So Mansley decides, I'm going to drug this boy and interrogate him to find out where this giant is so I may summon my forces and destroy this giant armored person of steel. Well, normally I am against the drugging of children and using unsavory tactics to find out where your gigantic metal robot is. I am at least understanding of why Kent Mansley was so harsh on him, because if you remember correctly, Hogarth did spike his uh, ice cream sundae with laxatives, and he unfortunately spends a good half of the movie just pooping his brains out. So 
not saying, not not agreeing, not not agreeing with what he's doing, but I can at least understand his rationale, eye for an eye. And then when Hogarth finally gives in after the intense interrogation, and Mansley summons his forces, and they go to the junkyard to find that the Iron Giant is just sitting there covered in art. Why? Not. Yes. It was more of a diversion to kind of explain away what the Iron Giant was. So Dean showing quick thinking and good improvising skills covers the Iron Giant in random metal bits and pieces and saying, Hey, how do you like my gigantic art statue? Which I agree. But this confuses me, Doctor. Why are people so quick to judge? This Iron Giant is friendly. He is adorable. He is something I would not touch with a ten-foot pole. Otherwise, I will break out with hives. Unfortunately, we do have a very narrow-minded aspect of when any kind of outsiders show up, especially in science fiction movies when we have aliens or metal robots. Our government is very quick to assume that they're just here to destroy us. So their their mentality is to just destroy the Iron Giant before it destroys us. Very narrow-minded way of thinking, but the, the United States government is at least thinking of our best intentions. Just like the Iron Giant's programming, Hogarth has a weapon out and the Iron Giant, unfortunately, has a self-defense mechanism. That whenever a weapon is drawn, he goes into self-defensive mode and fires lasers from his chest. Lasers, tentacles, metal tentacles. Uh, what else did he have? He had a whole... The Iron Giant had a whole assortment of weaponry that were very, 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 very terrifying. And I would never, ever want to mess with. And then he is shooed away by Dean until Hogarth finds him again and sees that there are children in trouble. And he is finally able to prove that he is a kind, noble warrior, saving children from falling off of a roof. Not to be that guy that always needs to bring in realism in every aspect of film, cinema, and entertainment, especially for especially a science fiction animated movie, but... I still feel like those kids would probably still wind up being dead or at least seriously injured once the Iron Giant caught them. Because they always say, because scientists and doctors always say that it's not the fall that kills you, it's the sudden stop. So I feel like the sudden stop of falling into a metal man's hand would still seriously injure those kids. If not, they probably would be dead. But once again, science fiction animated movie. But Doctor, here is my argument. How do you know that they just didn't slip off and fell maybe a foot or two off of the roof? Why did it have to be low to the ground? We did not see the angle. He could have caught them just in the nick of time as they were falling. And they would have only suffered for a couple of bruises. From what I saw, it looked to at least been second or third story of the building, so... If not, if they didn't die, they probably would have at least had some broken legs. Doctor, I disagree. Everything has a camera trick. Do you not understand how your cinematography works? You could have just angled your cameras to make it look like that he that he caught him on a second floor when really it was the 
Fourth! You know nothing of entertainmentology, my good sir. I saw the angle projections. They were not harmed. Realistically. Fair point, Angus. But what about the whole fact that this is an animated movie? Listen, in your animated films, you need to realize that miracles can happen. Healing forces are always at work. There are angels even in your hand-drawn realms. I don't know how to respond to that, Angus. That was confusing, bizarre, but yet also beautiful at the same time. Yes, until I summon all of the angels and make them my demonic minions. Okay, and now we're back to being normal, Angus. So we're now at where they're in the town and they're basically attacking. And then in the last-ditch effort to try and stop the Iron Giant, Ket Mansley, in a deranged, psychotic state, tells the naval ship to launch the atomic bomb to destroy the Iron Giant. Which is not the best idea in the world, because you're basically using a flamethrower to get rid of an anthill. It's just kind of a, a large desperation to get rid of something. Which I understand. He had lasers, he had missiles, he had all of these things, and he seemed to be indestructible. They probably needed a last-ditch effort because nothing seemed to work, Doctor. But in, an, in the end run, the Iron Giant was able to come to his senses, and he went and he stopped the atomic bomb and, quote-unquote, died in the process. Well, Angus, um, there was also the point of the Iron Giant going back to the statement of you are who you choose to be and the Iron Giant chose to be a hero, ref referring to himself as Superman in his last act to stop the atomic bomb from hitting Hogarth's town and saving everybody. Which I understand. But we need an alternative ending. What if he had chosen evil? Do you think that he would have been able to summon his evil race of robots in a deleted scene. There is a point where there are hundreds upon hundreds of iron giants, and they are world-killing machines. These are forces that you need to ponder upon, Doctor. What would happen if he was evil? Well, then, the, the United States would be taken over by Iron Giant alien robots. We would be praising our, we would be praising our Iron Giant overlords. If, especially if they all sounded like Vin Diesel. Family. I could imagine all of the Iron Giants destroying your realm of Earth. And the only words they say were family. Destroy the world, family! Would the Iron Giants also be somehow uh, world-renowned uh, government agents using their street racing driving abilities to stop organized criminals? Not US-based. They are galactic agents. To any movie studios that are listening to this podcast, which I highly doubt, please don't take any of the ideas that we just said. Movies are already getting weird and crazy as it is. We, we need an Iron Giant sequel! I demand that there be sequels of robot Iron Giants coming to destroy our realm. And all they do is say, family.
I mean, Tyrese isn't really doing anything of importance, and he could definitely use a paycheck, so... Of course, Doctor. And then, of course, we get to the ending of our movie, where Hogarth receives a piece of the destroyed giant from the government. Yeah. Uh, yes. And, and then in the sad moment of Hogarth missing his Iron Giant friend, he starts to see the screw is trying to get out the window. And Hogarth remembering in the beginning that that's what happens when the Iron Giant gets busted up, that all his pieces come back to him, realizes that the Iron Giant is still okay and is trying to put himself back together. Ah, this is a symbolization for hope and a sequel that we needed, Doctor! This, we have masterpieces out there and you are making reboots and sequels of things that are unnecessary. You know, I will agree with you, Angus. For the amount of reboots, sequels, and rewrites we've been doing over the previous decade of movies, I'm honestly very surprised that this movie hasn't really gotten a sequel or a prequel series or a TV show. Just something to know about his robotic race and why they are programmed to destroy. Now, if there are any movie execs that are listening to this part right now, we'd be really up for the fact of seeing an Iron Giant 2 sequel. So if you want to make that happen, movie studios, make that happen. Please, we're on our knees. Make this happen. So, Dr. Jeremiah, do you have a way you would make your sequel? Uh, probably the way I would think about it is maybe pick up, maybe like the mid-60s, kind of see what's going on. The Iron Giant is kind of become like the friendly mascot of Hogarth's small main town. And then maybe either having some other Iron Giants come down to try and take over the world, rival rival alien race that are battling the Iron Giants come down to try and take over the world, the human world, and the Iron Giant has to save the world from the aliens from invading. That would be my mentality of what, what it would make for an interesting sequel. And of course, Doctor, if this were my sequel, I would have this be during your moon race with Russia. Russia found the Iron Giant and were able to reprogram him so that way they can use him as a way to achieve their heights into your outer space. And they are the first ones to reach the moon because they had him. I appreciated this movie. I thought that this was amazing. I think that this film you said was critically panned. I find it to be amazing. Angus, the reason why it wasn't panned, it was really more that it just didn't do well at the box office. During the late 90s and 2000s, um, the box office was really the key pinnacle of success on how, how a movie does. Where this movie makes up for is the fact that it kind of has become a cult classic or kind of a underrated gem kind of movie where like his status builds up over time and decades and rewatches. And even some critics have come out and said, yeah, like uh, this deserves to have been way better. So let me ask you this then, Doctor, your final thoughts on the movie? Hmm, Angus, I'm glad you asked that. The Iron Giant was a delightful surprise of an animated movie. Most kids' movies are made to be loud, obnoxious, and treat the audience like absolute dum-dums. 
This movie, however, delves into very adult subjects and handles it with class, dignity, and respect. It's also a very funny, well-done story. The animation was really, like, top-tier. It was That was really one of my favorite parts of the movie, is the animations. Especially for the fact that this movie was made in the late 90s, and how it has the look of an actual movie that looked like it came out in the 50s and 60s. Many fans, like I said, have called this movie a hidden gem of a film, and I completely agree. This is a film your kids will love, and you as a parent won't regret watching. A definite watch, Doctor's Orders. Well, now that we are done reviewing the movie. Hold on, I'm getting a phone call. Yes, what is it? A what? A big, puppety person. Why does that sound familiar? Dr. Jeremiah, do we know anyone that's purple? Um, not to my knowledge. Apparently two-horned, giant, flaming sword. I can't think of anyone. Just sounds kind of a little like Bobbert. No, Bobbert doesn't go out to places. He's saying his name is Bobbert, and he's looking for the death hand. All right, I am here. What seems to be the problem? Oh, there he is. Bobbert! What are you doing here? I am searching for you, Master! You're searching for me for what? Master, I cannot be by, not by your side. What do you mean? You're right near me. You're working in the coffee shop near my house. Your room and board are totally covered. All you had to do was contribute to Natalia's rent. She is evil, Master. Like your sister. Why? What did Natalia do? Took away my chicken. Chicken? Look over there! There's more chickens! You can go play with one of them! I've tried those, Master. They don't taste good. They leave my mouth dry. Well, listen. I have a plan. We shall acquire you new chickens. But I need you to stay focused on the mission. Conquering the realm. It is only us right now, and they have us out-machined. They can take us out instantly. Our forces will be here soon. I need you to play the part of a human. But humans are disgusting, Master. I know, but we they will- They got no horns. They got no tails. Listen. They are utterly disgusting. Remember Steinwig, the enemy leader? From the Third Grindarian War. My, my history is not all that good, sir. Either way, he is here as well. Our forces are building, but we need to bide our time. Join me, Bobbert! We shall work in the toy... Um, you shall work in the toy department! I will acquire you a job for this Tajay. You will work in the toys. You will clean it up. And you will make this the best toy department in any of all Tajays. 
and make sure that you put some tracking spiders in. We do not want our inventory to be robbed. Master, as you command, I will do as you say. Here, take this amulet. This will make you pass to be a normal human. Ah! Oh. You still have the tail. Here, we'll stuff it down your pants. Pants are too small, Master. Need bigger pants. Here, this is the closest I can make. It says Colbert. Who is this Colbert? He is an evil one. <clears throat> one that we do not speak of. He is no longer working for us. All right, Master, as you wish. I will work for this luscious toy department. I will put the tracking spiders in all the toys. <laughs> well, hello again there, boys and girls. This is your friend Jeremy, who plays Dr. P.F. Jeremiah. Hello, hello, hello. I am David. And I play Angus the Death Hand. Thank you very much again for joining us for another fun adventure of the Dr. P.F. Jeremiah and his Infernal Roommate podcast. We ask that you please give us likes, subscribes, check out our Facebook page. Jeremy would like to tell you something about a close friend of his. So, a little while ago, one of my closest friends from high school started up his own Twitch channel. He is called The Underground Gamer. U-N-D-R-G-N-D Gamer. That's all one word. Um, he currently, at the time of this recording, he's currently at 52 followers. I would at least like to help him bump up to at least like 55, 60 followers. He streams twice a day, every Saturday, 2 to 5, he plays Elden Rings. And currently right now, from 6 to 9, he's playing a new game called In Sound Mind. If you're interested in a very bizarre horror game, he is right up your alley. But like I said, if you have a Twitch, look him up, The Underground Gamer. And if you like him, give him a follow, and tell him that Angus and the Doctor sent you over there. And we also like to tell you one thing. Please have yourselves a merry day. Goose eggs. Scrambled eggs and pancakes.